Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. We have made it to episode 48. What's up, dude? Not much. Um, it's been a, been a good day. Happy Friday. Happy, happy Friday. I'm having peanuts for dinner. Peanuts, happy. peanuts and wine. <laughs> yeah, you, you have a, you have your stockpile of, of wine because still- you, sur- you survived, <laughs> you survived the, uh, Irma apocalypse, yep. I guess. Yep. Irma can eat my ass. Uh, I'm fine. So last week was the two book wash knobs, Hurricane Irma slash end of day special. Um, so thank you again to everyone who kind of checked in with me to make sure I was okay and all stuff like that. Super, super awesome. Thank you to everyone also who signed on for the Rifka project who understood that, um, there would be kind of a bit of a delay in some responses. So, but yeah, no, I'm fine. The thing is I, I bought so much wine because I was anticipating having like a naked wine party, like, like with my fiance during the hurricane, you know what I mean? <laughs> and she didn't touch a fucking drop of it. So now there's just all this fucking wine. And the thing is, I got, like, mild food poisoning um, over the hurricane. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this on air, so this is related, sort of, to food poisoning. Um, have I mentioned, Michael, that 3D printing has, I think, ruined my sense of smell? Have I talked? Does this sound familiar to you? you? Yeah, you've you've mentioned that. Okay. I can't smell anything anymore, guys. So around the time of the So this because the thing is, I told... I originally thought I got food poisoning from these old cupcakes I found in the back of my fridge. Um, so I was packing my fridge with water and I found these old cupcakes my fiance made. I just ate four. I just, I just, ate, I just ate a bunch of cupcakes. I thought those made me sick. Uh, my fiance reminded me around that same time I was walking around my apartment eating a bowl of kicks with almond milk. And uh, I'm just walking and my fiance passes me and she goes, Ugh, what are you eating? I'm like, Kicks? Some fucking kicks, man. K-I-X. You ever had that cereal? Kicks? Is that the Hey Mikey, He Likes It one? Oh, Christ. I should know. Damn, damn. You... I think it is. Maybe? It's, it is. It's, it's an orange box and they look like it's... little little circles of like 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 corn and newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm eating that. I'm eating that. She walks by and she's like, oh, what are you eating? I'm like, I'm eating some of the fucking kicks you bought. Like, what's, what's your malfunction? She's just like, <laughs> like, it smells disgusting. And I'm like, it smells fine to me. So apparently mm-hmm. the milk had gone bad. The almond milk had just super gone bad, and I just couldn't tell. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't really smell anything. I don't know if I can. I can sort of. I guess I can still taste things. I'm eating a bunch of peanuts, and I taste the peanuts. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, but either way, I survived the hurricane. I have no more sense of smell, which is fine. Um, I think it's specifically 3D printing the Rivka watch case because that carbon fiber nylon stuff is pretty intense when it gets hot. You know? Um, in terms of like fumes, which I didn't really expect for, because nylon doesn't have fumes, but I think nylon with this carbon fiber, um, filament infused in it is kind of, you know, doing some weird stuff. But, um, but yeah, I had just have a whole buttload of wine and now I'm drinking some Rioja, uh, Rioja. I don't really know wines, but I know about Rioja because I spent like, I spent like a week and a half in Spain and all I did was drink this stuff and eat cured ham that they hang off the ceiling. 
<laughs> it was pretty cool. That was all I that's, did. That sounds very Spanish. I think. I don't know. The thing is, like, because I had no idea what to expect. So, like, we land there. Me and two buddies, we land there. And we walk into this, like, cafe or whatever. And there's just, like, there's just, like, pig's legs hanging from the ceiling. And I'm like, oh, is this, like, a bad cafe? But, like, is this, like, what they don't do? That's what everyone does. So, you know, we went and we just... We just drink a lot of fucking Rioja stuff. I don't I don't know. I don't know if anyone knows about Rioja or like has any brands to recommend. Let me know cuz I'm just drinking this one right now. It's called Campo Viejo, which might mean old tramp or close. Which <laughs> close? What is what is Isn't Viejo? That would be that would that would just be old camp. <laughs> it's just called old camp. That's not sexy. No, I mean it doesn't have to be. Well, I wanted to. I wanted it to be like, I don't know, like like Charlemagne's locks or something like that. Like I would drink the piss <laughs> out of something called Charlemagne's locks. You know what I mean? Or like or like LeBron Dew Sweat. I would drink LeBron Dew Sweat hot, hot like IPA, like no one's business. It's a, it's a good time to announce our Patreon exclusive content. Uh, two two broke wine snobs. <laughs> two broke wine snobs. Where Cass has no idea what the fuck he's talking about about wine. I'm drinking this one because we did a wine tasting on the cruise and the guy was, um, I don't know why Becky signed us up for it, but well, the guy's going like through all the couples because it's, it's only couples that are there for some reason. And uh, I'm drinking this one wine. The guy's like, oh, so what do you think of it? I'm like, uh. <laughs> it's wet. <laughs> it's what I said. I'm like, uh, it's wet and it reminds me of leather. He's like, uh, leather, how do you mean? Oh, why are you asking me more questions? I don't, I don't know, dude. Like, go on to go on to the next confused husband. Like, why are you like hovering over me? <laughs> I'm just oh, here boy. to see my fiance half dressed. That's the only reason I signed on for the cruise, man. You know? <laughs> you think I'm here for the culture and the wine? No. <laughs> yeah, the co- the cops are coming for you, man. They are. They're always coming for me. <laughs> it's another another building on fire. I can see it from here. Gosh. Jesus, that is like, that's super loud. Yeah, well, we also live really close to an intersection right now. There, this intersection is, um, <clears throat> it's pretty busy, and I want to say there's a body bag there at least uh, <laughs> every other month. That's fucking awful. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> they're they're probably going there too. So, but uh, yeah, excuse the uh, emergency response vehicles on my end. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Whatever. They're going to hear me eating peanuts the whole episode, so I don't really think it's going to be that big. I mean, well, okay, so what would you guys at home rather hear? Would you rather hear uh, ambulances carting off bodies and bags, or would you rather hear my fat ass eating peanuts? <laughs> I don't know why. I was waiting for a response. I thought I, I actually thought someone was going to respond. That's how bad it is. Maybe maybe we can live stream an episode one day and I we would, can actually get responses. Dude, speaking of which, getting close to wind-up, I would love to try and do some sort of live streaming through... Um, Instagram or Facebook because I think Facebook pretty, pretty easy through Instagram I think yeah you just press the button and do it you know yeah. what I mean Nick from yeah, Orion, we can figure something Nick out. from Orion watches does it if he can do it we can do it that's the rule you know? <laughs> that's how it works um, should should we should we start talking about watches <laughs> I mean technically we're talking about watches so okay let me let, let me look at my list here so okay a lot of things to get to a lot of really really fun bits super super excited about this one we're getting close to the one year anniversary of the show that's fifty two episodes if you've been listening since episode one and you've heard every episode like someone's got to send you a fucking medal for putting up with our bullshit like at this point we <laughs> must we we have to feel like work you know what I mean. Like, oh, fucking Monday, you can listen to this dickhead's podcast. It's got to be difficult now, I feel like. 
Because, <laughs> dude, I was so I've been listening to a lot of the old shows <clears throat> in preparation for the one hour uh, or not one hour the one the one hour special the one year special, and we should change the name of the podcast. It should no longer be two book watch knobs. The podcast should be named Kaz interrupts Mike way too often. <laughs> dot com dot com backslash about slash sitemap. All right, because that's all I do. It occurred to me as I was listening to episodes, all I do, like, you'll say something thoughtful and I'll just interject with my testicles. <laughs> that's the show. Like, that's my elevator pitch for the show now. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure I totally agree. <laughs> um, but, hey, pe- people seem to enjoy it's it. It's because you're too nice to tell me I'm being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you think I'm nice. <laughs> But yeah, so, I mean, I was listening to a whole bunch of old episodes and little tidbits. I think it'll be fun. So, leading up to the one-year uh, special, episode 52, um, I would like to said, like dedicate, like, of that episode, like, a few minutes to just kind of just do some fun memories over the years. So, if you guys remember anything memorable or fun that happened or we talked about or any fun hashtags, you can just email us or DM us on Instagram, and we'll, we'll just give you a shout-out. We'll say, oh, you know, so-and-so user loved the idea. Michael, we have to do this idea. I don't know how I forgot about this idea. The Watch Strip Club. All right. Do you remember the Watch Strip Club? I don't remember that one. Oh, my God. It was in the Panerai AD or like the negative positive AD stories where I told my Panerai, um, no, you know, the buckle. Um, The Watch Strip Club. It's a strip club, but as opposed to watching ladies in clothes, um, which you could find on the internet, you on the stage is an old Asian man and he's very sexily um, servicing a watch. So the, oh, okay. <laughs> you remember now? I, I remember now, the yeah. watch strip club. We we watch this old Asian man just sexually service like Daytona's. You know was that I mean? the same? Was that the same episode where we were also trying to figure out um, stripper watches? Yeah, what what a male stripper would wear. Yep. On, okay, I, I'm, it's it's all coming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so many thoughtful discussions. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, stuff like that. Like over the over the over the months or the weeks, if anything kind of has been like memorable to you guys or any fun hashtag or like that, you write in and let us know. I think it would be fun to do like a few minutes, just kind of look back on just some of the stuff we've talked about because like I I still forget how crazy it is. We do this every week. Every week we do this. You know, mm. crazy yep. town. So look forward to that. We're also going to be doing something super super special. For the one-year anniversary, I don't want to say what it is, but it's going to be something I think a lot of people are going to enjoy. Um, in addition to that, soon we will be announcing details for the Two Book Watch Knobs 3,000 follower giveaway. Details to follow. I will reiterate the same teasers I said before. We're not giving away a Seiko, right? Not a Seiko. We're not giving away an Orient. We're not giving away a Richard meal. The watch is smaller than 40 millimeters. <laughs> what else? What else is it? So, <laughs> I can't wait for the day that we give away a Richard meal. Michael, the day we give away a Richard meal is never going to happen because if we have a Richard meal to give away, we're selling it and splitting the profits and, and just <laughs> just moving to Oklahoma on the compound, on the TBWS compound. And we're never going to have human contact ever again. Uh, I've, I've, I've lived in Oklahoma. Oh, um, that's right. <laughs> in, a, in a very high security area. It's not, it's not as fun as you think. Well, the thing is, you were there for like, like work work-ish. I just want to go to Oklahoma and stare at my balls and just watch the days pass by. Like, I'm tired. 
yeah, there's 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 a lot of that there too. So, sorry if you're from Oklahoma, guys. Yeah, I'm really sorry if anyone's actually from Oklahoma. Um, I have no basis for what the place is like. I just have it in my mind that it's the great place to just escape to. I was I was in good old Mustang, Oklahoma. Dude, I I pictured as my own beautiful self-imposed trail of tears. Like I will I will gladly carry everything on my back and go to Oklahoma. You know what I mean? <laughs> A lot, lot of pool time, a lot of barbecue time. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it is, it is kind of nice. <laughs> Man, but yeah, so look forward to our one-year special, doing something really, really fun. Look forward to the two-book watch now. 3,000 follower giveaway. Bah, 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 bah. Also, two other bits of housekeeping. So as we were talking about, a uh, hurricane came through Florida. The parts that got hit pretty bad um, uh, were the keys and... Um, some of the some of the South Florida and some of the West Coast of the of the states, so like Tampa and crap like that. Um, but specifically, what I was worried about was the Seiko boutique in Miami. <laughs> I wasn't worried about any of that. The people are fine. Tell me about the watches. Yeah, the people. Yeah, I, I can tell in the news that everyone's not fine. I'm worried about Seiko, man. All right, why isn't the news covering Seiko? Okay, I'm gonna call Fox News and be like, "Where's your fucking Seiko coverage?" You know, but um, so. Uh, the Seiko Boutique is located in the Design District. So the Design District didn't get hit too bad. There were some trees down. Um, I was able to talk with Joe Kirk, who is the boutique manager down in Miami for the Seiko Boutique, and he said the boutique is fine. For anyone who cares, the boutique is fine. The only issue is that in the area there, there was some looting. So, but they were they were for like um, high-end, well-known like fashion brand clothing, so like Versace and stuff like that. I think. Um, some of the word was, you know. For... I, I love me, I love me a good looting, <laughs> a good, good old looting party, dude. Dad, <laughs> get your looting pants on. There's a, there's a hurricane coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're gonna upgrade the 17 inch to a 65 inch. I need two hands, two hands to help me here. Size of a pool table. This fucking television, man. But yeah, you know. So the second boutique is fine. In addition to that, huge, huge shout out to Andrew over at WatchHunter.org. Right? Say the right. Yes, you did. Yep. Watchhunter.org. Um, he recently reached out to us and spoke with us and wrote like a really like a like a nice review um about the podcast uh on his website. Um he, you know, tuned into the show and he's been listening for a while and he's like a bunch of episodes in, so uh it was just super nice to the It's just funny cuz I mean my, I I I think Michael you brought it up. We sometimes forget people listen to the show. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, I, she, I, I really, I really do forget that. <laughs> I, I just, this is this is this is my week. I send in my week around this. So, so uh, um, Andrew over at WatchHunter.org wrote a review on the show. Super, super nice, super thoughtful. Go and check it out. It's fun. Leave a few comments. You know what I mean? In addition to that, check out the site. There's just some. I mean, I, I went through it, read a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of just kind of fun everything on there. All kinds of watch stuff. So like news, assessments, um, reviews. I think it's got reviews on there, right? Yeah, you know, super, super cool. So huge shout out to Andrew. Thank you so much, man. Super appreciate you kind of, you know, liking the show enough to actually dedicate time to write super nice review. Um, let me see here. We talked about Watch Hunter. Ba -ba -ba, ba -ba -ba. Oh, man. Yeah. So, okay. I forgot. I'm, I'm getting all confused now. The main topic of today, before I go on a little bit more about housekeeping stuff, um, today's main topic, we're going to be talking very generally but very very passionately about watch accuracy because this is something i think that's i don't know about you man but my view on watch accuracy has just like it's just changed so much over the course of my collecting you know what i mean yeah 
it's important, I guess. <laughs> yes, yeah. to, to some people. Yeah, um, so. I've had I've had my phases where I'm super like accuracy crazy, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it, it's it's pretty interesting what some people uh, go through to kind of study it and uh, achieve it, and you know whether they're building a collection or building a watch. So, um, and of course, like tons of technology out there, you know mechanical innovations that have uh, supported accuracy throughout the history of watchmaking. So there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Yeah. But before that, shall we honor tradition? Shall we do a wrist check? Yeah. I've, I forgot that we did those. I forgot we did those <laughs> too. I've been talking way too much. You go first. Um, so I'm wearing, I'm wearing a cool watch today. Uh, I'm wearing the CWC Royal Navy diver. Sweet. Uh, Cause I felt, I felt like I wanted something pretty pretty low key, but uh, just just eye catching when you uh, when you take a closer look. I put up a photo today on the Instagram, so that was fun. Um, just the one thing that constantly blows me away about this watch yeah. is the the fact that although the case <coughs> fuck is around 40, 44 millimeters, if it's, if it's not forty four, it's pretty close, mm-hmm. but. It looks like on the wrist. It looks like a '90s, like a '90s Rolex, um, like 40 millimeter sub. It doesn't look like a big watch, because I had seen pictures of it for so long, and then I think you mentioned in a conversation that it was 44 millimeters, and I'm like, what? It does not look that big at all. You know, I th- I have the uh, I have the site <clears throat> open now because I I I check the CWC site often because they're gonna be releasing a uh, a 1980 reissue. Of the Royal Navy Diver. So the version that I have aesthetically is a little bit different than the very first, I guess, um, famous model that actually replaced the uh, the Rolex Mil Sub. Mm-hmm. Um, the one they're reissuing is uh, a little bit more vintagey. The the logo is different. Um, you know, there's no circle around the uh, the CWC and the uh, I think the Tritium T is is somewhere else, uh, closer to six o'clock. But anyways, um, I was supposed to look at these dimensions, <laughs> and then I started talking too much. Um, Welcome to my world. I don't even think so. They don't even have it, but I'm pretty sure it's 44. Pretty sure the it's CWC 44. you're wearing right now. Yeah, if it's not 44, it's close to. 44. It doesn't look 44 in photographs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, it, it, it just it's such a compact weird case shape that it's just i don't know it's really pleasing and i i have it like permanently on the um on the shiznit which that's is where, really that's, nice that's where it belongs man that's where i think i think most of my watches are actually on the shiznit if they're not on like the stock whatever they came with you know what i mean yeah yeah you know there's there's another there's another strap that i've been curious about just because people people talk about it so much and, mm-hmm. and i i think it would look cool on this on this watch it's uh i think the brand is phoenix but i don't really know too much about them i'm not familiar no um but yeah anyways uh if if nobody's heard me talk about this watch before um the cwc royal navy diver is just kind of like part of the mill sub uh, lineage um you know like i mentioned before it replaced the 55 13 and 55 17 <clears throat> um submariners uh, that were used by the Ministry of Defense, um, and I I don't know if it was eighty or eighty one that they they won the contract, um, 
and I think I think some of them may still be issued today. I could be I could be wrong. And funny funny enough, the ones the ones that have turned up for sale that have been issued and have been used in the field um, are more are more commonly quartz, which I think is really cool. This this version that I have is an automatic okay. um, ETA 2824-2. Um, and speaking of accuracy, it's, uh, I think it, I think it's about plus five last time I checked it, which is how old the watch, you know, if there are any military watch nerds out there, cause while I, while I am fascinated by military watches and I do read up any chance I get, um, I'd like some advice on reading the case back markings. So... I suspect that it's an O2. Okay, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna do a shout out in regards to answering your question to D. Oh God damn, like I always do this. Dance twenty one cy dnc two one cy. Um, we shout out on the show before. We talk a lot. Um, his collection is basically comprised of really, really just fantastic niche military watches. So if you're listening, man, if you have an answer to Mike's question, let us know what's up or anyone else, you know, because I I don't know the answer. Cool, cool. I don't, I don't know any yeah. answers. And the um, another <laughs> another kind of silly feature that I really enjoy mm-hmm. are just those those fixed spring bars. Um, I don't have, just I've never seen a watch with fixed spring. See, I, I cut you off again. God damn it! Keep talking. I'm sorry. God damn it. Well, no, no, no it's good that you mentioned that because you have <laughs> uh, because you saw my really? Smiths and that watch also oh. Ministry of Defense kind of history watch. Is that like an um, English thing? You think? I think I think it's more part of the mill spec. Uh, okay, the, the, interesting. The, the spring bars have to be fixed, and um, you know the straps are just supposed to pass through. Hmm. So you can either wear it on a on a NATO, on an RAF, or there are some um, there are some two piece straps that open up um, where the where the strap meets the case. I, I forget what those straps are called. Uh, Open ended straps, I think people call them. Okay, but um. But yeah, and uh, that's that's what I'm wearing today. Um, this thing has forever scratched the mill sub itch, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to many happy years with this watch. I'm happy you got that watch because I remember I remember when we first were even talking about watches. Like when I, before I really even before just give everyone a benchmark for how long ago this was. I think before I even got into fucking Russian watches. Now, I got into Russian watches very very early on. You talked to me about the mill sub, like the idea behind the you know, the whole Millsup thing and like even just hearing you talk about it back then it was like the search for El Dorado you know you know it's out there you know yeah. it's out there but you just gotta find some way to bring it closer you know yeah sadly um you know sadly the supply is pretty dried up mm-hmm. um like I like I said before I'm I'm never going to own a 5517. I think I think if you look at something like a 5517 sub just from a design perspective, I think it's one of the most beautiful watches ever made. Um if only for the sheer legibility of that of 5517? Yeah, Submariner. This so is the, if you, this is the only Rolex I'm actually going to Google at you that that you named. Why don't you know how important this is? <laughs> I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad you're, you're you're curious about it. <laughs> yeah, they they had some they had some other uh, issued ones. I think they issued some 5513s, which uh, don't look as uh, aggressive as the 17. Okay. 
But um, yeah, like I said, it's just one of one of the most beautiful watches I think. Um, there was there Shit. was a a guy there was a guy in New York City. I don't th- I don't know if he has his um his store anymore, but his name is Graham Fowler, and he's he's one of like the prolific Millsub collectors okay. around today. And I mean, you know he he runs he runs a clothing shop, sells a lot of men's clothing and accessories and you can buy watches from his his website and stuff um but you know i think i think if he's still there you know if if you did swing by the store you you probably could see some of his some of his mill subs and he has he has some of the um the british issued rolexes and um for the french navy it would be tudor because the french got the tutors okay yeah i'm looking at this thing right now i mean it's 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 just so strange to look at something like this, something that was, it was meant to be used. I mean, it was a tool, right? These were at the time that these were made, they were tools, right? Yeah, I, I, and and they they still are today. Uh, I mean, that's true. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm not going to wear my polished link GMT Master in the water, but I hear you. <laughs> there, but there are there are slightly slightly better bragging rights, I suppose, to to owning a fifty five seventeen today. Um, <laughs> But, uh, it's just, you know, the thing is, it's just, it's it just, is. it's just strange to see it, understand that it's a tool watch, and to really understand and also see that it's, it is beautiful. It's a beautiful watch, you know. Yeah. So I'm curious. Do you think that we see it now as a beautiful watch with the whole legacy and story behind all the mill subs, or do you think it was always like a beautiful watch? It's like, a, it's like a weird orological psychology, 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 psychology question. <laughs> well, I, I personally think it's. It's always been beautiful, and and for me, like I like I mentioned, and I think this is something I'm I'm paying more attention to these days mm-hmm. uh, is is legibility. Yeah. Um, and, and that watch just has it. This this CWC oh, yeah. has a lot of those design traits, and it's just like it it takes me no time <laughs> to reference <laughs> the time. Um, another watch that's like that today that Rolex makes today is the um the two one six five seventy explorer 2 42 millimeter with the white dial right because i think i think it's the only rolex um that has the black surround on the hands and the markers so when you put when when you combine when you combine that with a white dial like the time just pops out at you it's it's nuts that's super awesome Um, but yeah this um like i said this this cwc is part of that that cool um ministry of defense lineage and uh yeah, I'm just enjoying it today. That's so, awesome, man. <laughs> it's hot, so it's nice to have a, a diver, a diver on a NATO today. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy you got that watch. Super happy yeah. for you. It's, it's a good looking Rolex. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should buy a Rolex. Maybe I should cancel the wedding and just buy a Rolex. <laughs> Let's get some mill subs, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, Michael, I'm canceling my wedding. All right, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not murdering my neighbor for like hitman money. I'm, let's let's get like a like a like a like a no date black dial sub. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Not spending a lot on my wedding here. Okay. We can share so the what, Rolex. We'll buy one we Rolex and share it. We'll Eiffel <laughs> we'll Tower time, the Rolex. Time, does that sound, does that sound good? Perfect, we'll timeshare. Yes. <laughs> we'll timeshare the Rolex. That's funny as hell, man. Um, is it my go? It's your turn. So I, so speaking of Oklahoma, I am wearing the Seiko 7002 you gifted me. And um, it just occurred to me what I look like while wearing this watch. So 
Um, I'm wearing this watch on a leather strap, which I understand is supposed to be like a controversial thing, but I think it looks fucking awesome on a leather strap. This watch, hmm. you know. Um, I think I have a photo. I think I think one of the, the one of one of the Seiko Catterday shots is of Ying hugging this watch with a leather strap on. You used to have you you've put dive watches on, on leather straps, right? I did it once, and uh, I felt I felt icky. Really? And so, I, and so I never did it again. Am I am I committing an orological crime? But in front no, of you? Cer- cer- certainly not. A lot of people do it. Um, I you know I think I think uh, once again like old subs like tutors and stuff like that and maybe like you know '90s model um, Rolexes and stuff like that. I, I think they look pretty good on uh, on leather. Some some of the newer ones with like the the big broad lugs look kind of funny when you take them off the bracelet, but, okay. but you know, I, I think it, I, I looks good. It's just, it's just not, it's I just feel, not. I feel like I'm disrespecting the care with which you'd given me this watch with by putting it on a leather strap. Like I feel, I feel like I'm doing bad. No, no, that's, that's yours. That's yours to do, to do what you want with it. <laughs> Cass, that's yours to fuck up now. That's, 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 that's your cross to bear, man. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm wearing this, and I just looked at my ensemble. So in addition to my orological crime, I've also been committing a crime against uh, good taste in music. So so forgive me, Michael, for for I have sinned. Uh, ever since the hurricane was over, I have just been listening nonstop to Hawthorne Heights and Scary Kids, Scaring Kids. That hey, has man. just been my jam. I, few days. I... I won't talk about scary kids scaring kids. Um, <laughs> that's, for, <laughs> that's off-air stuff. <laughs> but hey, man, Hawthorne Heights—you know—they they have their place. Uh, the new that new Foo Fighters uh, record came out today. I've been listening to some of that. So that's I have listened cool. to Foo Fighters in years. My God, are they still good? Or were they? Or are they good? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I I, I like I just like that. I think I think they're recording like Dave Grohl's uh, Garage these days. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. But yeah, no. So I so in addition, for some reason, I feel like I'm like wearing the uniform that I wore when I was super super into like emo post hardcore. I'm wearing jeans, a plaid shirt, and this dive watch on like a leather strap, and I'm just listening to Hawthorne Heights and Scary Kids, Scary Kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all right, like I, man. For I'm, for me, that uniform was just uh, jeans and a and a plain black t shirt. There you it. go. There Every you day. go. I have never seen more plaid in my life than when I saw Brand New playing at the Long Island Coliseum. You should come to Seattle, Washington. I don't. I don't. See a, I don't see a lot of plaid. I want to. <laughs> I want to see you, but I don't want to see plaid, man. Can't we meet in the middle in Oklahoma? That's not in the middle. Is it? Isn't it? The, I don't listen, guys. If it's above Florida, I don't know what happens after 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 the country. <laughs> like as soon as you leave the Panhandle, it's just it might as well just be fucking like like the Mad Max films. Until you I guess, reach, I New guess York. it's kind of the middle. <laughs> I guess it's kind of the middle. I don't know what's in the middle. What's the what? Um, Dakota. One of the Dakotas. No, no, that doesn't make any sense. Did Chicago. Have- Would Chicago be in the middle? <sighs> I'm. I'm just trying to see how many states I can offend listening to the show ne- right now. Nebraska. Nebraska is in the middle. We I can suppose. meet. We could meet in Nebraska. We could be. We we could be the darkest people in Nebraska. <laughs> You're not even that dark, dude. No, I, I have I have a pretty nice tan now though because I actually go outside these days. <laughs> yeah, I miss I miss outside. I've been outside in a long time. But yeah, so I'm wearing the Seiko Seven Zero Zero Two. I think it's cool. This just I, I I like the watch a lot. I have it on this leather strap. Usually I have it on um like a NATO, 
You know what I mean? And it's just it's just a cool old school diver. Uh, the bezel action, as you know, is definitely uh, lost some of its bite. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But um, it has that. Uh, this is a seven S two six, right? That's a seven double O two. Oh wait, so, so it's oh, just I'm sorry, yeah, right, I'm, right I'm, before. Right I'm, before. I'm an idiot. So yeah, it doesn't hack, doesn't manually wind, but uh, I like it. I I I I don't. It's 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 sad. So the watch I think is beyond the point of like holding its water resistance so now i just wear the watch when i want something cool you know mm -hmm. yeah and it just feels really good on the wrist and i fucking love this this seiko wave on the back this like tsunami wave yeah it's um i think i just it's something that i was thinking about today actually there's there's a kind of um lineage that all these seiko divers follow mm -hmm. especially especially when you get into the era of like the 7002 and the 7s26 and we've talked about this before where all of all of the movements that came afterwards kind of built upon that design yes um even all the way up to like i think the 8l i could be wrong certainly stuff like the 6r15 yes yeah. and, I, and i was and i was thinking about it today um if somebody if somebody wanted a diver in their collection, like let's say somebody had some serious like Seiko fever, mm -hmm. and uh, but they weren't they weren't the kind of collector that that wanted to have a ton of watches, so they they don't want like fifteen Seiko divers. <laughs> is there is there one kind of is there one kind of Seiko diver that is maybe a little bit more high end that kind of encompasses that you know essence of Seiko diver? And is it, you know, is, is it something like a 7002? Is it something like an SKX or is it something like a, you know, Marine Master? I was going to say for me, it's probably a tie between the Marine Master and the Sumo. I feel like the Sumo ticks so many boxes, but it also is balanced in that it is a quote unquote higher end Seiko Divage, but it's not like a thousand dollars, you know? Right. Yeah. So for someone who just wanted one, like one Seiko Dive Watch, I would say this. I I love the sumo. The only issue is it it might be a little big. It it might wear a large. Or you had that, you had that limited edition one. The, the the dimensions are the same. Did you you said that Seiko diver wore large on you, right? It is. You know, I I'm not sure it's an issue with the actual size. Um, I think the design is just very bold. Okay. And it's it, and it was it was flashy in the right places to be. You know eye-catching enough that it would kind of stand head-to-head -head with something like a ceramic dial uh submariner okay um so you know I, i'm not sure if it was a size thing or a, or a design thing but uh you know it, it definitely it has it has fine wrist presence i yeah, would say i hear that yeah so that I, for me it'd be a tie between that marine master and the and the sumo really depending on you know the budget for some reason my brain like jump to like a baby tuna because i think those are just so cool but it might be a little too a little too out there you, you know? know that's 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 it I, I i look at the tuna line as a completely different um, yes yeah like monster pretty much um like when i when i see the line of tunas um you know especially the ones that are produced today you even have the one with like spring drive stuff mm -hmm. um like I feel like if I walked into a crazy cool dive shop and they had like you know 
all the equipment up on the shelves and like tanks, regulators and hoses and fins and all that stuff. I feel like I should see like, like an aisle just for like the tuna watches. Like <laughs> it looks, it looks like a diving instrument. Yeah. And I, th- I think sometimes, um, they can be a little strange out of that context, which, which is why maybe some people will struggle That's with casually, point. casually wearing a tuna. But you know, I, I, th- I think it, I think it has, um, a nice big bold look um you know say that like a hublot big bang will try to try to accomplish but you mm-hmm. know tuna is cooler so <laughs> oh no obviously but the, the, you you bring up a good point i think the tuna the tuna line might be one of the hardest watches to pull off for like as like a desk diver yeah yeah that's so funny wow uh, but yeah i mean that's what i'm wearing um super cool just felt like putting it on today because uh I don't know, you know, just been, uh, I've been, I've been wearing the Sumo on that Seiko rubber for a while. And so wanted to switch it up. That combination is incredible. That's the, my, 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 my Blumo on that, on that rubber strap. I don't know why I never did that before. Well, a lot of people, um, you know, with, with summer coming to an end and, you know, temperatures cooling and whatnot, a lot of people like to switch to leather straps mm. for some reason. Maybe that's what's um, happening. Like I mentioned before, I don't I don't really do leather straps. Um, uh, stainless steel I think is pretty cool when it gets colder. Hmm. But um, yeah. Oh, I do I do it's have a good look. Do have more Seiko news? These Seiko boutique or not the Seiko boutique, but the Seiko section of the Japan Pavilion in Epcot here in Disney World in Orlando added more Seikos. They have more more watches. They added a whole new display for Astron. And a larger display for um, Grand Seiko. So just to reiterate, uh, I think a couple of episodes ago, in case people have no idea what I'm talking about, um, it's always interesting for me to find places in the States where you can find Grand Seiko. And recently I found out that Disney carries them in the Japan Pavilion because the Disney Japan Pavilion is sponsored by a company came uh, called Mitsukoshi or Mitsukushi. Mitsukoshi, I think that's the one. And Mitsukoshi recently became an authorized retailer for uh, Grand Seiko and so they started remodeling the Japan Pavilion here at Epcot and when the remodel was done there was a little a little Grand Seiko uh, uh, area. I was there a couple of days ago and it has now expanded. There's even more Seiko pieces there so if you're here in Orlando for summer or I mean I know uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party's coming up. We're going um, or if you're here for Christmas uh, we're going to that Christmas party too. Go to Epcot and buy Seiko. <laughs> That's... Have you have you gotten my Grand Seiko GMT yet? <laughs> have what? What, what, what is that? I, have have you, the Grand Seiko GMT, the Spring Drive GMT that I like? Have you gotten? Oh, have you gotten me one? Uh, it's a surprise. Okay. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> I don't 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 let me spoil the surprise, Michael. God. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I only got you one of those if you got me a Richard meal. That's the rule. It's hard hard to find a Richard meal in uh, Seattle, Washington. I'm sure. I'm sure some. I'm sure some Asian businessman will sell it to you. <laughs> you know? Oh boy! But yeah, that's so. I mean, it's it's. Uh, let me look at my list. Oh, so really quick before we get to the main topic, huge huge shout out to uh, Nisos One Instagram user Nisos One just completed. Michael, he has joined you among the ranks of the honored few in completing a watch fast. Congrats. Wait, which one did he do it with again? 30 I days forgot. with the Seiko SRP779. That is the Pepsi Turtle, I believe. Turtle, Turtle Pepsi. Turtle Soup. Pepsi. 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's awful. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so huge shout out. I mean, only a few people have completed it. Um, Cameron Lance has done it. Michael, you've done it. Uh, Nisos1 has done it. Mm, I'm going to forget. I, mm, I got to write these names down. TGX4677? I don't know. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry, guy. Well, I'm going I'm, I'm to look up my phone right now. Um, there are others. If you if you if you've gone for the watch fast and everything like that, and if you completed it, awesome. If not, definitely still go for it. I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> Fuck shit. Sorry. You guys ever sneeze? With... I know, right? <laughs> you guys ever sneeze with peanuts in your mouth? It's awful. It's disgusting. All right. Yeah. Uh, user TGX four seven seven six. That was close. Um, he's completed a watch fast. I believe he did it with a Loom Tech. Um, it's really, really fun because it really kind of just informs your perspective as a collector because it just, it, it, when I was doing it, so I, I couldn't complete it because I'm, 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 I'm weak of heart. Um, it curbs the weird itch to just consume. It just buy as many watches as you can. Like it really teaches you to be like a thoughtful collector, you know, <laughs> would you would, like, 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 would you say that's like an accurate assessment, Michael, or when you were doing the watch fast, did you still want to buy every watch you saw? No, you just, you just, the, the main thing to take away from it is the fact that you, you really start to learn, um, what you like. Yeah, in a exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, huge shout out to Nisus one for, for joining those honored few. I mean, maybe I'll join you guys one day and fucking knows, um, <laughs> you know, work up the balls to give it another shot. What am I looking at here? But, 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 should we jump into the main topic? I think, I think that's everything. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 good that you brought up Astron because that's that's one of the watches that that you know I was going to talk about just because I've been looking at them lately. Mm-hmm. Um, not to buy them, I've just been curious because you know I think I think they make so many of them. But yeah, watch watch accuracy. What what are your thoughts on accuracy? Think, some some somebody asked us a while back. Yeah, a few folks have know, asked us, and I think of uh, recent or a while back, someone said to do an episode on it. So that's that's that's. I think it's important to talk about it because it's. I remember when I first started collecting, you introduced me to the Watchville app or whatever the fuck it's called. Probably I, I don't I shouldn't have said the name of it on the on the podcast, whatever. Yeah, um, I mean a lot a lot of I, I'm sure that a lot of uh listeners, you know, use that app too. It's yeah. also like a like a news app for a lot of the the watch blogs and stuff like that. But it has it has a nifty little um I, I guess atomic clock I that guess. you could use for reference. But I used to use that thing like no one's business. Like every morning I would make sure this is how crazy I was. At the time I didn't have a watch that hacked, but I had watches where if I took the crown and like un like like wound it the other way and held the second hands in place, it's technically hacking, not really, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh yeah. uh I would do that with my um with my big zero. Um to to like accurately gauge how much time had passed and uh, and when i used to wear my omega seamaster 30 um more i used to do with that watch too i i don't i don't know why i did it i feel like you know i i know why i did it i was so focused on accuracy back then because i thought if i went through the motions of being very focused on accuracy that meant to other people that i was a serious collector because only a serious watch collector would give a shit <laughs> about accuracy. No, seriously. I think I, I I don't know how normal that is or if it's just my crippled emotions and weak self-esteem, but like I really thought that. Like me alone in the morning, like like hovered over my stupid watchful app, getting my big zero 
Listen, guys, if you buy a big zero, you throw the accuracy shit out the window, okay? That thing <laughs> is not going to be accurate. You let that shit go. You just be happy it runs, all right? <laughs> so I don't nobody know. knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows how, what? How, how, accurate, how accurate your watch well, is. Well, no, of course not. But the thing is, it's not about who knows. It's about how you think people will perceive you if they see you doing something. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So if okay. I'm checking the accuracy of my watch on the subway, I can safely assume everyone thinks I'm a badass. You know what I mean? Which is obviously <laughs> would, not the case. I would not do that in public. <laughs> but, but like it's that's it's the same reason why I originally wanted to buy that Panerai, which is still fresh in my mind because I listened to that Panerai AD episode. Like I thought walking into a room with the Panerai was the best way to establish to people who I am. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so there's certain things within urology that I think you do as a collector to try and elevate how people see you beyond someone who just buys blue watches to someone who's really, really serious about like urology and checking accuracy is one of those things because that's not something everyone would do. So me checking accuracy for that reason, I feel like it was the wrong reason. Hmm. You know, I thought it made me a more serious collector by knowing that my big zero was like plus minus 15 minutes. I have no idea what it was. It wasn't that bad, but it was not an accurate watch. But like, you know, knowing made me feel like I was in some kind of position of power. Interesting. I've I've never I've never heard that kind of perspective. Oh, okay, so then it's just me, guys. It's just me <laughs> and my crippled perspective. Don't worry no, about we, it. No, we no, we we don't we don't know that yet. Yeah, I mean accuracy <laughs> A big question you hear a lot is, you know, what do you look for in a watch? You know, mm-hmm. uh, some people, some people are design snobs. Uh, some people are movement snobs. Uh, some people are accuracy snobs. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I usually go down like a mental list of say three items when I'm, when I'm looking at a watch. Mm. Uh, and, and for me, it's, it's looks first and it's, it's Obviously. pretty much always going to, always going to be looks. Um, I love the way that the Bulova moon watch looks. Um, it also happens to be my most accurate watch. Uh, it's, oh yeah, it's it's insane. Um, so <laughs> when when I kind of get get that kind of package, it's it's just icing on the cake for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going back to the watch fast, something like a seven S two six, which doesn't hack, uh, and say deviates by maybe, I mean, on paper, I think like ten, like to ten seconds, or my my way well, off. I mean, acceptable for Seiko on Seiko's end. I think it's like plus minus like twenty to thirty something. Okay. Um, so there's there's a lot of room. Uh, a lot of times they don't leave the factory uh, performing that poorly, but uh, you know, mine was like lose between like five and ten seconds. Okay. Um, you know, and, and once again with a watch like that that doesn't hack that you're wearing for like a month or like a year or like your entire life, you know, it just it doesn't mean that much to me. But that's not to say that um, that I still don't use my Watchville app when I have a watch, <laughs> a watch that hacks. Because hmm. you know, if if you can if you can do it, why not? Um, okay. Yeah. So, but that that little that technique where you kind of like pull back on the crown, uh, that's another thing that kind of makes me sick to my stomach. Even though like, <laughs> even though Omega recommends it. Um, or they don't recommend it. They say that you can do it if you want to for like the caliber 1861 because the Speedmaster movement still doesn't hack. Um, 
you know, it's it's acceptable. Um, right. I mean, the thing is, just because you can do something doesn't. I mean, you 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 can masturbate to Facebook, but there are probably better options out there, guys. All right. Yeah. Yeah. De- definitely. <laughs> oh Perfect analogy. Perfect That's, analogy. Spot on, Cass. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that said, I do, um, I do kind of get sucked in to a lot of a lot of the recent innovations um, that have accuracy in mind that that move forward to improve accuracy. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you look at something like a Turbion before, um, you know, before it became what it is today, it, it was initially uh, developed to help with accuracy. Right. Um, the problem is, you know, in a wristwatch, there aren't really that many real-world applications for a tourbillon. So what if you're an much, astronaut tumbling through space? Uh, just, you know, uh, you can use one of your one of your digital clocks <laughs> that, that NASA gave you. Um, but you know, something something like Astron, uh, which you know, last time I checked was like plus minus, say, fifteen seconds a month. God, um, that's incredible. You know, that's I think that's pretty cool. And also also those uh, atomic watches that, you know, take a signal like once every night. I think I've never I've never owned an atomic watch. Um, atomic watch? Is it, is it like a, is it like a satellite watch also? How does it how does it read atomic time? Well, it, it's it's it, it takes a signal from the oh, nearest uh, right. broadcasting station. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so it, it references the nearest station uh, once every day. And so it's always as accurate as possible. Hmm. Um, you know, so I, I think I think that stuff is pretty cool. Uh, of course, things like spring drive and, and quartz or whatever. Um, but these days, for the general collector, is accuracy that big of a deal? Because the thing is, it's not. Because to your point, it's not one of those things which is a key factor in what first attracts you to a watch. Looks attract you first to a watch. You know, looks attracted us to our wives. That's just how it works. That's just the nature of it. You know what I yeah. mean? So I don't, I don't, I feel like there are some people in certain instances where poor accuracy would de- would be a deal breaker. And just like, why? I mean, it's, it's, it's really important to people. And I, I can, I can understand why, you know, especially, especially when you start looking at mechanicals hmm. that can perform um, comparably with quartz. So you have Cosk, for example, which is, I forget off the top of my head, I think it's like plus four, minus six, or maybe the other way around. It's something like that. My, I think my Sumo is technically Cosk, and it's, it keeps, in, yeah. the 6R15 keeps incredible fucking time. Yeah. So, you know, when I, I see Cosk, and yeah, it's cool. It's, it's, um, it's interesting that the watch uh, maker decided to, you know, take the movement and spend even more to have it sent to Cosk, tested there, and then sent back. Mm-hmm. Now, when it gets really interesting for me in terms of accuracy is when I see the brands kind of um, go above and beyond and uh, start developing their own kind of uh, testing on top of Cosk. Mm-hmm. So I think Rolex started doing it recently where even even after they get the movements back from Cosk, uh, they, you know, the movement won't go into a watch until... It has passed Cosk and Rolex's in-house um, um, requirements, wow. which is like, which is even more strict. I think it's like plus minus two. Um, Jesus. Christ. 
and and Omega. I, I I forget I forget what the Omega one is called, but they started doing their own recently with all of the um, master coaxial movements. Well, they um, they so test they test. I can those. appreciate that. They, yeah. Well, the thing is, they t- I know Omo, uh, Omega mm, Omega does their in house brand new, new brand, brand. <laughs> Omega or uh, Omega <laughs> coming to a Seven Eleven near you. I know that Omega tests does their in-house test by putting each watch on Daniel Craig and putting him in a tumble dryer. That's a that's a great way to do it. That's the guy. That's, that's the only way to do it, I think. I think I think you're just that much better looking if you if you wear if you wear a watch that Daniel Craig uh wore. You, I hate that guy, man. Why have do you seen, have, have you well, seen how nice his suits fit? They're like spray painted on. Michael, him, he's, him, he's 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 a he's a movie star. It's his job to take care of his body. Him, him, and Aziz Ansari. I, I, great, great at what they do, but it, it, it irritates me how nicely their their clothing fits. I, as a brown man, I don't appreciate you bringing up Aziz Ansari on the show. <laughs> I find sorry. that insulting. <laughs> but no, I, I, the thing is, they're 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 on screen. It's their job to take care of their body. If someone paid me to take care of myself, I still would take care of myself. But I would go cash the checks. That's the important part, guys. All right. Oh, he he's he's getting he's getting omega checks too. <laughs> Aziz Ansari is getting omega checks. No. Oh my Daniel god! Craig. I was gonna say yeah. Like oh, <laughs> if that if that if that brown asshole is getting omega checks, where's my check? Where, <laughs> swatch. Where are my swatch checks at? Oh god uh, in heaven. So upset. I know I know. Also, there um, there are some people that are pretty OCD that do uh like check an atomic reference every single day and if it's like if it's a little off like they'll hack it again and the thing is i can see accuracy being a very important part of someone's collecting kind of psychology if they're also a movement snob i'm a movement snob but i'm a very strange segmented movement snob i'm I'm a a ussr movement snob (laughs) i don't don't know anything about like other movements like from i I know oh i know i know a little bit about orient i know a little bit about seiko but um I don't really know about but old Soviet movements, but within that niche, I can understand how someone could be an accuracy snob if they really understand like the heart and the guts that go into a movement. And it's especially relevant with like, I mean, you talked about this before, like new innovations in movements and like new innovations in sort of like um, just like accuracy uh, technology. Because I feel like these days, especially, you don't see brands going the extra mile to do something noteworthy with accuracy you know what i'm saying yeah what i mean one of i'm not sure how um old or new it is but but one thing that kind of catches my eye is when um when brands kind of implement some type of constant force escapement mm-hmm. uh in into the movement and um you know for people listening that's that's just what that does uh is keep the um you know I guess you would say the output of the mainspring constant um, as the torque kind of goes down, right? As the as the mainspring winds down, <clears throat> so it's like a it's like a single uh, linear um, force. Yeah, because the thing is, as the mainspring barrel winds down, your accuracy will be lost because the force isn't as great. Yeah, as if the 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 the, the, the dog grease, as if the as if the, when the thing was fully wound. So yeah, I mean that like that that that's. See, knowing about movements and knowing that, that's super cool, you know? That uh, that segment of accuracy is super cool. And um, 
And yeah, I mean, it, you know, speaking of Soviet watches, the other day I was wearing the, um, I was wearing the Vostok that you gave me. Yes. And that thing is, that thing is like, it's super fast. <laughs> I think it's like, I think it's like plus like a minute and a half a day. It was probably something. magnetized in the colon of like a Galapagos tortoise, man. Like, what do you want from the watch? It's an old <laughs> fucking watch. Someone you know, died wearing that thing. But you know, it doesn't bug me because you know when I pick it up and I and I wind it, I'll think to myself like, okay, I'll look at the time at the bottom right hand corner of my computer, and um, <laughs> you know what I'll do is I'll wind I'll wind the amphibia, and then I'll just set it to a minute behind that. You know? And at some point, it's gonna line up, and Listen, that's you know that's that's what I did when I was doing the watch fast with the Seiko. So I guess I guess for for day to day wearing, timekeeping. Uh, duties, I, I guess I don't really care all that much, because I've I've never I've never had a watch. Actually, I have had a watch disappoint me in terms and kind of burn me in terms of accuracy. Really, uh, I'm super curious to hear this. <laughs> one time, um, and it's my it's it's you know the amphibia has its has its quirks, and I I won't say that it's a it's performing poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's it's uh it's fast the problem for me is when a watch is slow hmm. um and uh when i was in oklahoma i was wearing my mako for a long time um and i never took it off wow. and uh never really checked it to see how it was and i guess i guess i was wearing it for like a solid week and uh so the job the job that i was there for was very strict in terms of like um when you're like reporting for for duty i guess um and my watch was apparently like super off wow. <laughs> and uh i did not calculate my break accurately <laughs> interesting so you actually used your watch to like measure the passage of time you didn't use your phone um yes because the facility that i was working in uh was like super high security and uh, uh in most places your phone had to be turned off and put somewhere else see i could oh, see, see now i could understand in that crazy segmented niche of watch buyers with top secret clearance i could under <laughs> i could <laughs> i could understand you know i can't check my phone like i actually need to have something i can rely on so Buy a quartz watch. That's my advice to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I had, you know, I had the Mako on for like a solid week. And wow. I guess that, that watch runs like super slow. I, I've, you know, it was my first mechanical watch and I've, I've never serviced it. That probably means that it's time. Um, but yeah, that's, that's when accuracy kind of, kind of burned me. And hmm. I was like, man, I should, I should switch it up. And then I, I started wearing, uh, I think the, um, I think the turtle. Uh, more often because I had that one too at that time. Okay. You, I mean, uh, how many watches did you have there? You had the seven zero zero two. You had your SRP. You had your Orient. Uh, I had the Steinhardt Ocean Vintage Military as nice. well. Nice. Nice. I had the System Fifty One. I think I took them all. I took everything. It sounds like you took them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah, she can bark. It's okay. <laughs> Man, but it's just it's it's it's. That's interesting though, because that's I see. I think that's why it's great to have just conversations about this stuff. Because if you had not explained to me that any accurate watch affected your life in that way, I I would still be thinking there's no point for your watch to be accurate. You can just check your phone, but you know, you're not you're not always going to be in those situations. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's I, I think it's 
it's something that has slowly over time not really been a priority for me. I can see it still being a priority for someone else, like your dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if my dog wore a watch. Your dog wore she's, a watch. She's she's upset with my outlook on accuracy. I can tell. <laughs> but uh, uh, over time, it's just not really a factor for me. Well, because the thing is, this is also just just so just being um, just collecting Russian watches like I do. You gotta let that accuracy accuracy shit go. That's just that's the last thing you have to worry about when you collect. Like vintage, I guess vintage watches. You know what I mean. So, is it safe to say that most people who are very, very concerned with accuracy are only buying new watches? Because you can't buy a vintage watch and expect it to be super accurate. I, that, like to me, that just doesn't make any sense. Well, there is, there is kind of a point of pride when you when you score a nice vintage watch and you get it, and it turns out that it's running Cosk. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think that's pretty cool. Or with, you know, with the Smiths that I used to have. I was going to say, yeah. Getting getting it serviced back to Cosk. So that that was pretty that was pretty cool. I think I think I've mentioned the same same point before. Um so, we, we, so there there is there is that kind of satisfaction. Yeah. You know? So we've mentioned Cosk a few times. I know a lot of our listeners uh, what I love about the show is that so many of you guys, you're either just getting into watch collecting or you just started watch collecting and you 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 were unfortunate enough to find our podcast but we're very thankful for you guys listening but i don't know if everyone listening understands what the whole cost certification thing is because uh i don't understand uh really what the whole cost certification thing is and <laughs> i should i guess i just know about the plus uh plus minus four um seconds accuracy a day so that's the idea that you're within cost standard standards if your watch uh is under losing four seconds a day or gaining four seconds a day but aren't there other tests don't, don't, don't they like hit them with fish or something like that like they they, they do other tests of the watch right <laughs> right well well it's yeah it's it's the minus four plus six but it's also the positions at which you test yes. the watch in yes um i think they do it with the uh you know with like a hundred percent power reserve and like half power reserve as well, or like thirty percent wound and like ninety percent wound. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Wow. But yeah, what what cost cost in a nutshell? What it is? It's the uh, it's the official testing institute uh, for like Swiss chronometers. And I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna butcher the French name, <laughs> but you can you can Google it and see what it what it stands for. Um, but yeah, they're basically the governing uh, body that. Uh, overlooks the accuracy of what you would call a chronometer. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, an, that's I, what Cosk is. It's pretty intense. So, whatever Rolex does is more intense than what Cosk does. Yeah, yeah. From well, from 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 my understanding. What did we say in the past episode? They tie each Rolex to a rocket and shoot it into like one of the moons of Jupiter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you exactly. remember what you said. <laughs> I think you said that. Maybe, maybe I said it. I, I think don't I know. That, that 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 sounds like a Casim line, but I'm pretty sure that was a Mike line, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that up on 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 Rolex, Ro Rolex, you know, uh, standards and everything like that. But it's um. We were talking recently about new innovations in like wash technology for accuracy so there's the there's the zenith i forgot what it's called already we were talking about it a minute ago did you want to talk about that watch yeah yeah so 
the the reason the reason that I think this this discussion comes at a good time is because recently a a, a watch was announced, um, you know, by by Zenith that I think uh, is kind of kind of a big wake up call for for the industry mm. because um, so the watch is called the Zenith Defy Lab, and what it is is a, a fifteen hertz movement, so that's um, one hundred and eight thousand BPH. Uh, and the accuracy that that they're that they're testing at is 0.3 seconds per day. Um, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so that's so that's that's a, me- that's a mechanical watch that is performing, you know, at quartz level. Yeah. So uh, and wow. and to my knowledge, it's it's the first time that mechanical is kind of catching up with with quartz. Um, the interesting fact is, you know, you'll you'll look at a press release for this watch and say, okay, there's ten unique pieces coming out, and and this this movement that they have for it, the ZO three forty two, you know, that's just for these watches or whatever. But but they actually intend to um, release kind of regular off the shelf production models with this movement, and they're they're promising 0.5 seconds per day accuracy. Wow. So what's interesting? Well, so me as a consumer, my first thought when I hear something like that, like, oh, we have these limited edition ones, but we are bringing, like, like, like one you could just buy, you know, off the shelf or whatever. These limited edition ones, they cost like thirty thousand Swiss, you know, Swiss francs, Swiss francs. Yeah. How much are these regular like consumer ones going to cost? You think? So the price, the price hasn't been officially announced yet. Okay. Some people are spec- speculating around ten thousand Swiss francs, which is a it's a it's a difficult segment to thrive in. Um, is your dog squeaking a chew toy? She's squeaking a chew toy. Okay, I just <laughs> wanted to make sure I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm. I'm. I'm a few glasses of wine in, so it's not. <laughs> it's not uncommon for me to hear things that aren't really happening. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure. Yep, that's what she's doing. Okay, good. Continue. Sorry. Um. Yeah, so I think I think those are going to be, or some people think they're going to be around the ten thousand mark, which is just I think just as competitive as like three to five thousand or like the two to five thousand uh, range that you know a lot of us <laughs> dream about. Um, yeah, it's just I mean who who's going to spend ten thousand bucks on? I mean, well, 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 the thing that's also worth mentioning about that watch is it's not just this kind of technical innovation. There's something very visual about the actual action of the watch you know what i mean like right so there there was there was like a launch event a few days ago um some members of like the watch press were there so like there are videos out there that you can kind of look up um and the the kind of um showpiece i guess of the watch is the uh is the zenith oscillator Mm -hmm. which is this big kind of chunk of silicon that's basically oscillating at 15 hertz and it, it just looks nuts yeah um it looks like bees attacking someone it's just this <laughs> like undulating kind of shaking seizure force yeah yeah but but you know all that kind of pizzazz aside and it has this this weird i think it's called aranith case which looks like a porous aluminum uh, mm-hmm. i'm not sure how I, how I feel about it you know, all, all that aside, it's forty-four millimeters uh, time-only watch. You hear that crow? Is that a crow? <laughs> what is happening <laughs> over there, dude? <laughs> um, like, I, you know that that accuracy is is impressive for 
for any mechanical. It sounds and, like the crow is next to you. Let's talk about the crow some more. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It sounds like you're in the in the background of Red Dead Redemption. I do have a pet crow. I, I never told you. That's so fucking metal, dude. <laughs> I have I have a pet crow and I'm wearing a top hat right now. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I'm so hungry. Man, that's funny. Um I'm so sorry for you, interrupting you so many times, man. It's it's totally, totally cool. It's not it's not cool, man. But I, you know, I, th- I think this, I think this watch is cool. I'm, I'm never gonna buy it. Uh, I, another, another pretty cool fact is, um, you know, that while it's like assembled at like the Zenith factory or whatever, mm-hmm. um, Ublow makes the case and the movement is really made by Tag Heuer. Yeah, so it's kind of like a, it's an effort, you know, among these um, three brands. Wait, so I wait, think that's who, who makes the movement? Uh, Tag Heuer. Yep. Aren't those all Jean-Claude Vivere brands? Yep, and he's kind of the one that spearheaded this. Yeah, so, I imagine. You know, he's uh, he, he's no joke, man. He knows he knows what to do and when to do it. Mm. And it's we're getting to a point that, you know, you see something and you can tell that it has his fingerprint on it. Yeah. And um, you know, this is kind of a move to to wake up, you know, the brands in the industry and and um you know, get them moving to to push forward in terms of the innovation and um, you know, say like the use of silicon and like components and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, Realistically, though, the thing is, these types of push for innovation don't mean shit if no one can afford the watch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's true. But you know, there's because you're totally you're, you're totally right. You're totally right. If I was a watch brand and my innovation for Basel last year was a blue dial and then fucking Zenith across the hall does this shit it makes me feel like I'm an asshole you know what I mean yeah and it definitely pushes people to maybe do things better but they're running businesses they're running brands they're not going to be sustainable unless people are buying the watches well look we we don't like to talk about it and and we don't like to realize it but this this launch event happened and those 10 pieces were sold out before the event even happened Ugh. So uh, this 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 is gonna happen. These buyers are always gonna be there. These buyers are gonna be there at thirty thousand Swiss francs. These buyers are gonna be there at like half a million Swiss francs. It's just it's always gonna be that way. We shouldn't these talk buyers, about these depressing will... things while I'm wine drunk. We just really shouldn't. <laughs> and these buyers will definitely be there at the ten ten thousand dollar mark because you know if if you're if you're a collector of high end timepieces and you you know you have your you have your Daytona, which is at 12k, and you have your Royal Oak, which is at you know 17k. Um, you know, and you're and you're getting into movements, and you want to treat yourself to something, you know, somewhat of an industry first. You know, you you might pick up a you know one of the off the shelf uh, Defy Labs when they when they do come to to fruition. So wow, those buyers will always be there, Kaz. <laughs> we, <laughs> I guess, but can a can a Industry sustain itself on the one percent. Just closing my door. I was gonna say, what is happening over there? It. I'm, it tired, also, of, I'm tired of sirens. It now <laughs> sounds like you're Brandon Lee from The Crow. The Crow film. <laughs> Everything's on fire where you are. There's sirens. There's an actual crow. You know, but um, 
Oh, I lost my I don't, thought. God damn it. I don't think I don't think the industry can support itself on the one percent. Um, right. Uh, I think actually I think one thing that <laughs> the JCB mentioned uh, is that it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for a lot of these brands to invest into this kind of um, call it like development with like silicon stuff like that until right. they can also develop for other industries be it like biotech medical um what have oh, you that's a good point so that will kind of that'll kind of bring in additional revenue streams to help you make watches on the side so hmm. can we that's how they that's how they can support themselves <laughs> can we um initiate the hashtag Hashtag rich guy watch fast where if a Rolex Daytona is the cheapest watch you own, you must wear a Seiko SNK for 30 days. <laughs> Hashtag rich guy watch fast. Can we make that happen? Is that a thing? You know, I, th- I think I think that if you have a Daytona and you appreciate it for what it is and not not necessarily the um, the luxury appeal of, of the Rolex name. Yeah, I, I think you might actually enjoy wearing an SNK or any a good point, Seiko, actually. 5, any Seiko 5 for a month. See, Michael, that's that's why you're a much nicer person than I am. Because I, I I'm here <laughs> spitting fire, and just and just vitriol. And you're like, well, I think people could appreciate everything. Well, fuck, dude, fuck, man. All right, I guess I guess they can. But I'm that's, also that's... I'm also drinking cork. Uh, there's a lot, like, there's a lot of cork in my wine because I don't know how to open wine bottles. So I just kind of just use my teeth. So, is cork good for you? Is cork just fiber, Michael? I'm not sure cork is good for you. Mm. Great material, great material for straps. It's supposed like to be cork. very nice. I've never tried a cork strap. Me neither. I, if anybody can recommend a, a nice cork strap, uh, I'll look it up. If anyone can 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 extract all the compounded cork that's probably in my colon from now from this wine <laughs> to make me a cork watch strap, that'd be awesome. That would be impressive. <laughs> I would be impressed at that as well. But that's that's the Defy Lab, um, and and where it stands in in terms of accuracy, um. So I mentioned that that Bulova, the the Moon Watch that I have. Yeah. It, it's it's been a while since I've worn it, and you know I I put it on just the other day, and for fun, you know I I took the watch and I opened my Watchville app and I looked at the second hands on like both both the watch and the app, and you you know even though it had been like a month or something, you know it's it's still spot on like to the mark like to the second. <laughs> That's so, so cool. I have like I have a very very accurate watch. It's really impressive. Um, have you have you ever thought about like springing for like something crazy accurate? Because I'm I'm also looking at G Shocks now. Um, hmm. You know they they do that kind of stuff too. Like we mentioned Astron and like Satellite Wave from from Citizen. Um, is there I'm, anything you're looking at? I'm actually looking at the Satellite Wave I talked about. I think last episode. That's that um, right. CC230705L. If I fucking remember that off the top of my head, Michael, while You're buying it, while wine You're drunk, it now. I'm super <laughs> buying it. <laughs> I don't even remember my fucking social security number. I had to have it written down in my wallet like an idiot. You know? <laughs> Please don't rob my wallet, watch family. John Claude Bevere, I'm looking at you with this fucking jitterbug zenith you got going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I am interested in that watch, the the Seiko EcoDrive Satellite Wave. It's um, I think, the I, Citizen. What did I say? Seiko. This is why I shouldn't drink on air, dude. <laughs> uh, it's CC three zero two zero dash five seven L. I just confused two numbers. Um, so it's the the Citizen uh, EcoDrive Satellite Wave. Really cool watch. It has 
almost a very kind of vintage vibe to it. It's got these, got these kind of really fun angled lugs. You said it looked like the Vacheron Constantine. Overseas. Overseas. I almost said Ocean Drive, and I'm like, mm, that might be a yellow card song. I don't think. I don't <laughs> think there's a Citizen Ocean Drive, or Vacheron Constantine Ocean Drive. But um, but yeah, that's a watch I'm actually considering that I think would be. I mean, those watches, you know. Functioning off the GPS satellites, they're supposed to be super accurate, right? Like, let me Google it because I can't use my fucking laptop. Yeah, and they, they make one that I really like. I think I think I've texted you the watch, just like a picture of the watch, like like a random dick pic every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> just like I love this watch, man. <laughs> just Which watch? It's it's another satellite wave. I don't know the reference off the top of my head, but it's a it's like a three register and it's a dual time as well. I think at six o'clock there's a sub dial for like a second time zone in 24 hour format which is really nice wow um and yeah man like push of a button it doesn't matter where you are like it'll it'll set its time zone for for wherever you are in the world and, that's so uh, cool you know alarm chronograph all the crazy stuff so the reason i like that satellite wave is that i point out specifically is i think it's i think in terms of like gray market or just buying it through amazon i think that's probably one of the more affordable satellite watches you can get i've seen it after we recorded the episode i just did some like <clears throat> loose loose urology sleuthing hashtag loose urology sleuth i'm not gonna try that again <clears throat> if you guys thought i slurred before you should see me when i'm four glasses of wine in um i think you can find it for like 300 bucks i've seen it for like 350 bucks Everybody buy Kaz drinks if Every you, if, you, if you meet up with us in New York. I would only suggest buying me a drink if you want to see my nipples, because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> no one wants to see my Hershey's Kisses. That's just what it's at. <laughs> it's what it is, man. <clears throat> I am a lightweight, not genetically predisposed to alcohol consumption. My fiance can drink like it's no one's business. <laughs> She's Scottish and Jewish. No one's, no one's business. Has that shit down. All right. Ugh. Oh, God. But yeah, I, 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 so that's actually a watch I'm like, I'm, I'm considering. It's so tough though, because I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to, I have Rivka so entwined with like my personal finances that I have to do my best to not spend the money, which is why I'm eating peanuts for dinner right now. And even though that watch is super affordable, there's a part of my brain that's just like, you know what I'm saying? So like maybe not now, maybe, you know, maybe um, in a couple months there'll be like a holiday sale and I can get one for a really good price, you know? Yeah. Um, I also have a birthday coming up, so maybe some uh, uncle or aunt I forgot about will send me like a check. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, the, I, it's been very difficult for me to kind of quarry a next watch purchase just because of how invested I've been with Rivka. Um, but for some reason, there's something about that satellite wave which is really speaking to me. But that's the specifically that C. Let me find CC three zero two zero dash five seven L. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's very nice. It's a cool it's, watch, uh, man. Perpetual calendar. It's got the satellite thing, and it's a dress watch. It's not like the other satellite watches, which are like these, like 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 they, they, they look like the dissected retina of Optimus Prime. You know what I mean? They're pretty 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 chunky. Yeah, the one that dude. I like. The one that I like is quite big. Yeah. Um, but it is titanium. Is that one titanium as well? Because they do that with the satellite wave a lot. Dude, if this is if this is the three hundred dollar titanium watch, we should all buy this watch. I don't think it's titanium. <laughs> I, okay. I I've never heard of a titanium watch being that cheap. Have you? No, no. I I mean, <clears throat> unless you buy like a used Seiko Shogun, 
I've never even seen one of those for sale. I think everyone that got those buried themselves with it. <laughs> it's possible. You know, like those original samurais. Uh, so then I guess the, the big question, accuracy, is it as important to us as we think? For me, no. I don't, accuracy does not factor into a watch purchase that I make. I can see accuracy being super interesting when you're discussing the technology of a movement or when you're discussing maybe things that could inhibit accuracy. So like my Seiko Sumo with the 6R15 having a 55 hour power reserve and still being cost certified, that's pretty impressive actually. That's pretty mm-hmm. that's pretty cool because the longer the power reserve, I'm gonna burp, hold on. I'm so sorry guys, I'm not gonna drink wine on air ever again. I'm really embarrassed right now. Keep doing it. I'm into, I'm into, the, I'm into the self-loathing stage of drinking right now. But um, <laughs> the longer the power reserve in a watch movement, the more accuracy is inhibited. So you'll see this in the Panerai eight days because the eight days have like, I think it's three or four stacked main barrel springs. And so it has an eight day power reserve, which is bonkers. But they're also um, the segment of Panerai's, which technically aren't cost because they don't, they don't qualify. They don't, they, they lose and potentially, well, most likely lose more seconds just because they have that much energy to you know disperse. So, Accuracy to me is interesting in that sense when there's something potentially working against it, like in the 6R15, you know, but straight up, if I'm looking at a listing on Amazon and it says, oh, you know, blah, 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 this movement, steel case, 18 millimeters, plus minus 15, 20 seconds, I don't give a shit about the plus minus 15 seconds. I, I, I feel like I used to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? When I, when, I, when I thought it was easy to make wash friends, you know, but like now, now I don't. Doesn't even factor for me. Like, 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 what about you? Like, hard, steadfast. What is? How does accuracy factor into not just how you see watches, but how you buy watches? The world wants to know, Michael. It won't. So it won't kind of affect a buying decision. Okay. Yeah. Straight up. That's that's. Uh, but but what's really important is the day to day. Um, you know what it means to me. This CWC. I was wearing another watch today, and then I took this one out of the box, and I. You know, I wound it up and I looked at the time and I kind of guesstimated and I put it on. It's been fine throughout the day. Nice. Um, that said, if I do still have time in the morning, I'll and I'm putting on a watch that is just like dead. You know, I'll wind it up and you know why not? I'll I'll sync it to an atomic clock if 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 it has hacking. Hmm. Um, so it, it just it goes it goes either way for me. But it, you know when it's when it's really detrimental like super like you're losing I, i've seen people get like crummy seikos from the factory that um you know they're losing like four minutes a day or something Ooh, <laughs> it's okay. that's, that's pretty bad <laughs> you know when 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 that's happening then you know you're you're gonna have a bad time you should you should be caring about that 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 decrease in accuracy yeah um i think that if i had a watch with a zero reset mechanism that i would care more about it what is Have you that seen thing? those? What, what is that? So there are some super high-end mechanical watches. Um, I think it's mostly like a Longa thing, but you know other brands as well. When you pull the crown out to hack it, the seconds hand automatically runs to 12 o'clock. Oh, so, shit. That's cool. So instead of like looking at the atomic clock by the second and like your, your watch, like having to worry about getting those two synced up, that's it. When you pull the crown out, the seconds hand like flies to zero and you're ready to set it like to the second. So wow, that's another innovation that I think is pretty. Can cool. I get a zero reset mechanism for my life? 
There are some things I'd like to start over from the beginning again. <laughs> is this is this wine Kaz talking? It's the same Kaz. It's the wine <laughs> wine Kaz and sober Kaz are the same Kaz. Just that wine Kaz is louder. You know what I'm okay. saying? Okay, gotcha. But yeah, accuracy. Uh, that's that's accuracy for me. In case anybody was wondering. So I I would love to hear people's opinions because I feel like this is. This is one of those things that people don't discuss, but when they start discussing, they realize how different they are from other watch collectors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think it's super interesting for us to have some kind of discussion about this. Um, uh, having said that, uh, really appreciate everyone's patience with uh, uh, our getting back to emails in general. Um, it's been it's been a little crazy. So with me, I'm doing this new day gig right now in conjunction with Rivka. So my time is just super super crazy. Michael is taking on more responsibilities in his day-to-day, and we, we get a lot of emails. And so as we get emails, we take them in order that we receive them. And we really do our best to respond as thoughtfully as we can to every email. Because the reality is if you guys take the time out of your day to write to us, sending like a K-thanks okay, email back is fucking incredibly rude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, when I was like super young, I used to write emails to bands and, you know, I thought they answered back, but it probably was, like, some intern would be like, oh, thanks, K-thanks, dash SR71. It's like, fuck, <laughs> fuck you guys. Fuck you guys, man. You know what I mean? I wrote you a very long email. <laughs> I still love that band, man. <clears throat> so, 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 so really appreciate everyone's patience. If you emailed us, we've seen it. We're getting back to everyone. You will get a response from us. Having said that... Please let us know your thoughts and opinions on today's episode in regards to accuracy. I think it'll be really fun to kind of get a discussion going about that. Does accuracy kind of factor into your watch purchases? Does it not? Did it used to? Does it no longer? Uh, did it never used to and now does it for some reason? Or do you have experience like Michael where watch accuracy actually affected your day-to-day life? Because that's never happened to me, you know? I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy. I mean, that's awful, but it's very interesting to hear. You know what I mean? But, like, it makes sense. It makes sense mm-hmm. that you're not able to have your cell phone in certain areas. Or, you, you know, know or, 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 or if your phone dies, you know? If you're, if you're like, a member of, like, the Navy SEALs and you have to put a bullet through some dictator's brain at a very specific second, you might want a pretty accurate, like, G-Shock or something. Michael, are you a Navy SEAL? I'm not a Navy SEAL. <laughs> Would you like to be a Navy SEAL? No, far from it. Those yeah. guys have to like stay up for like four days, like like up to their neck in the mud. <laughs> as like as like a as like a quiz. They're defending our they're defending our freedom to talk about dicks and watches, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how that works. But yeah, yeah. Well yeah, I mean realistically if I have to time my shot properly to accurately eviscerate the skull of a dictator, I'm probably just gonna use my G Shock. That's just what yeah. it is. You know? good, good call. <laughs> good call. Always rely on the G-Shock, man. But yeah, so so um, if you have any kind of situations that Michael had where watch accuracy actually affected your day-to-day, you were late for a meeting, you were early for a meeting, you completely forgot your kid in the soccer practice and they're still there right now, go pick up your kid, something like that. Um, let us know. We'd love to hear about that. Love to open a discussion about that. Shall I go through the recap? We're getting close to that time. All right. <clears throat> God damn it. Oh, I'm on the wrong page. I'm on the page with the goddamn Seiko Satellite Wave reference number. Oh, oh, grill. So prepared. Uh, I'm so prepared. Oh, yes, that's right, the show. We're talking about the show. Um, So, yeah, huge shout-out. Mm. 
Huge shout out to uh, uh, Nisos1 for completing the Watch Fast. You have joined the annals of Watch Fast success stories. You won't find my picture there. Maybe one day you will. In addition to that, keep an eye out for us over at Windup. Windup this year, um, New York City. It's going to be in the Chelsea market again. I'm surprised they chose that venue. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it in the past, the issues with that venue. But October 27th to 29th, we will be there. Don't buy me drinks unless you want to see my chocolate kiss Hershey's nipples. Uh, let me think what else. Uh, the Seiko Boutique in Miami is just fine. The hurricane did not destroy it. Huge shout out to watchhunter.org for doing a really nice review on the on the show. Um, you know, go and check out his site. It's got reviews, assessments, really fun watch stuff. Check out the review, leave comments, um, let them know what's up. Uh, just, you know, always appreciate anyone, uh, you know, showing us that type of love that just enjoys the show because this is the highlight of, of Michael. Well, Michael, you have more going on in your life than, you know, than I do. But for me, this is the highlight of my week. This is what I center my week around. I move it plans is, it around. It is too. Is it? too. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. I mean, you being a Navy SEAL and all, I wasn't sure if there were like more pressing <laughs> things happening. You know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't, I can't talk about it. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that was my bullet. <laughs> sure. You know? Um, but yeah, I'm looking at my list. Uh, One year anniversary is coming up. If you have your favorite moments from the show, or if you have any fun hashtags that we might have won off that I completely fucking forgot about, which is entirely possible. Email us, email us, DM us. Let us know your favorite moments from the show. And episode 52, which is coming up in, oh my God, I guess a few episodes. Um, I like to spend a few minutes just to kind of highlight just funny moments from the show. We'll give you a shout out for Choose Your Moment too. So, you know, um, keep an eye out for the Two Broke Watch Snobs 3000 follower giveaway. We are giving away a super, super cool piece. I'm really excited. It's not a Seiko. It's not an Orient. Not a Richard Meal. It's not the Zenith Defy Lab. Or is it? Maybe. Maybe. It depends. <laughs> no, that one is 44 millimeters, and we said this was under 40. Oh, fuck. Goddamn the past. Goddamn the past. <laughs> Where is my zero reset mechanic? Mechanism. Mechanism. How do you say it? Mechanism. Mechanism. Don't say it. You're everything that's actually the word. Mechan. Oh, my God. I have a learning disability. Mechanism. Jesus Christ. Oh my god, I'm never drinking on air again. This is ridiculous. What else do I got? Um, scary Kids, Scary Kids, Hawthorne Heights. Uh, is that it? I think that's it. I think that's it. All right, uh, you want to start the sign off? Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. And this is Kaz. You've been listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. I'm never drinking wine on air again. Later. Later.